You're listening to the Arsenal Church Podcast. To learn more about the Arsenal, go to thearsenal.church. And if you'd like to receive more content throughout your week, feel free to download the Arsenal Church app. All right, so here we go. Um, we'll continue in our talk, in our talks, our series. Um, who in here likes to be scared? <laughs> it's caveat, like, quick. Okay, Jackson, you like to be scared. Anybody else like to be scared? Like, like Casey likes to be scared. Like, you, you just go after anything that might induce some fear in your life. Um, like, I enjoy adrenaline. I, I, I do. I ride motorcycles. I do things that maybe kind of bring adrenaline up. But fear, not something that I really enjoy. Like, you invite me to a movie, and it's a scary movie. The answer is no. Every single time. <laughs> like, you want to watch a scary movie? No, not happening. Um, I don't like them. It's not something that I enjoy. Um, some of you... Love them. Jaden, my 18-year-old, is always like, oh, there's a new scary movie coming out. We should go. And I'm like, you know I'm not going. Like, that will never happen. I don't like to be scared. It's not something I enjoy. Um, but I, I, have you ever associated Christmas with fear? Sometimes. Jackson, do not give him a mic. Explain that to me. <laughs> like, like, is Christmas a time where fear is, like, induced and, like, Maybe it's met head on. Um, and I, I know it's Christmas time. It's the most wonderful time of year, which it is. I love Christmas. I'm much more about Christmas, like the gift giving, the gift giving, uh, yeah, giving and getting, um, than I am like being scared for like Halloween or anything like that. Like Christmas is, is a, a beautiful time. It's fun. Um, they don't even compare to me. But as I read through the story of Christmas, there's this phrase that jumps out at me. Uh, which we hear like throughout the lead up to the night of the birth of Jesus that may get glossed over when we read it. And I, I want to talk about that a little bit today. It, it makes me think that there's a story about fear in the story of Christmas. And I'll explain that in a second. We'll start here. We'll start the night of Jesus' birth, and then we'll look at a few other times in the phrases that lead up to the birth of Jesus. Luke 2 verse 8 says this, And there were shepherds, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of our Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. See, I told you. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So we're going to continue our talks today on good news, great joy for all people. But before this phrase, good news, great joy for all people, there's a statement, do not be afraid. There's a statement that the angel makes to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Have you ever been in a place or like a moment in life where you felt Kind of the idea of heaviness or the weight of the world. Something that's much larger in your presence. Like something that reminded you of your existence in this world and the scale of the world around you. Just like think about the world and you in it. How big is it? How many people are there? You start to like zoom out on the vastness of reality and there's this maybe 
unknown or fear that is brought in. Like maybe you've been far enough out in the ocean where you can't see anything but water. Anybody ever been there? Does that, like my, like Jaden, our 18-year-old, the one I was talking about loves scary movies. He loves scary movies, hates the ocean. Like he has, what did he call it? He was Googling it yesterday. Some kind of phobia where like the, he self-diagnosed himself with some kind of phobia of the ocean. <laughs> he's 18. Um, but he, he like, he's so afraid of the ocean. Like he won't even go with us. We, we went on a, a cruise uh, last September to Alaska for Maddie's birthday. Um, I won't tell you how old. Uh, it was her 40th birthday. So <laughs> we didn't invite Jaden, but he probably wouldn't have gone anyway. But we, we, we got on this cruise. There's a group of us who we went on this cruise to Alaska. We'd gotten off the big ship, and we were on this boat. Um, and we were out in the water just kind of riding around in this boat to go see whales. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen a whale jump out of the water, you're like, that thing's humongous. <laughs> like, like, you see this huge whale, and you're like, I'm like this compared to this thing that there are thousands of them swimming underneath us in this body of water. You know, like, anybody, like, there's, Huh? In the ocean, there are thousands of there are thousands of whales. I'm I have the microphone, Brittany. <laughs> There's thousands, maybe millions, in fact, of whales in the ocean. I don't know. Anybody know this? Somebody ask Siri how many whales there are in the ocean. Um, the point is, <laughs> it's in moments like that. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. I, all right, all right. Y'all that know me know that I will squirrel, so you're not allowed to. <laughs> that, we got to stay on track here. There's probably new people in the room that are like, what is happening right now? Um, they're already wondering why I had white socks on with black shoes. But Robert already called me out. Um, so it's a moment like that when you're in the ocean and there's these massive beings that you see that I think maybe you realize, or at least for me, and experience the heaviness of being in a world, the realization of how small I really am. And that can bring up fear. A lot of times for me, it's, it's in those moments where we I step back and maybe even like begin to think about God and the vastness of who God is and what God has done and what he's created and how I am experiencing life in the midst of all of this vast world and life. And then you get outside of our world and space, never mind. Um, but just how little I am in the grand scheme of all things. And it can at times bring a little bit of fear. It's probably not too different than the shepherds in the field that night that saw the glory of God, realizing how vast this world can be, 
how there are things outside of our ability to comprehend. We're greeted with a simple yet calming, do not be afraid. If you look at the story of the Bible, there's a time known as the intertestamental period. That's what the Protestants call it. The, the Catholics and Eastern Orthodox call it the deuterocanonical period. It's this period, as you're reading scripture, it's a period of time between the events of the Old Testament and the New Testament. When the Old Testament was written and when the New Testament was written, it's traditionally considered to cover around 400 years. So if you're looking at your book, your Bible, and you look at the books in the Bible, and the last book in the Old Testament is which one? Malachi. Malachi is the end of Old Testament. Revelation is the end of the Bible, the end of the New Testament. Between Malachi and the beginning of the writing of the New Testament, there's a 400-year period. And it's this intertestamental period is what, what it has been called. But it's a time where God is silent. It's called this, the, the period of silence from God. It's a moment where God wasn't speaking to people. In fact, Malachi ends with these verses. And Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6 says this, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Then 400 years of silence. So you, you, you hear this, and then for 400 years, nothing from God. Nothing. And then we see in Luke, the moment that this silence from God is broken. And it goes like this. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly div division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, which means they like gambled and he lost. And so Zechariah lost, and it's according, it says, according to the customs of the priesthood. So to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So it's his turn to enter into the temple of God and burn incense. Remember, Zechariah is a priest. 400 years, God not speaking to humanity. There's been no prophets. There's been nothing, no spoken word from God for 400 years. Zechariah steps into the temple. It says, when the time, when the time for the burning of incense came... All the assembled worshipers were praying outside because in that moment, they weren't allowed to go in. In the, in the time of, of priests in the temple, the, the priests would enter into the temple and the people could not go with him. He was the only one that could go in. In fact, they would tie a rope around him with bells on it so that when he moved around to light incense, they would hear the bells ring. If they stopped ringing, they would drag him out because he'd run into the glory of God and he'd fallen dead. So here's Zechariah. He's walking into the temple. The worshipers are outside. They're praying. And then it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah is lighting the incense, and an angel appears. And he doesn't just die. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear, which I, I think is a normal reaction. 
But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to call him John. For 400 years, God had not spoken to humanity through prophets, through angels, through a bush, nothing. Right? God had not spoken to people. Then an angel appears to an old man named Zechariah, and he's told by an angel that his wife Elizabeth, who is also older, will have a child. The first words from the angel to Zechariah, do not be afraid. The first words spoken to humanity from God after 400 years of silence. Do not be afraid. The angel goes on to tell Zechariah that his son will have the anointing of Elijah and will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers. This is the promise at the end of Malachi, 400 years ago, the angel is telling Zechariah, this is the moment we've been waiting for. We know Zechariah's son, later as we read through scripture, as John the Baptist. He's the one that came before Jesus, it says, to point people to the Messiah. I'm, I'm going to take a look at this phrase today with you, do not be afraid. And how that phrase is intertwined into the Christmas story in a beautiful way, even for us today. First, I want to make the point that the incarnation brings hope in the midst of fear. This moment where Jesus enters into humanity is a moment where hope meets fear. You see, we see in the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth that God steps in to set a plan in motion to bring hope to the world after 400 years of silence. Where probably all hope had been lost and fear had begun to reign. Like, can you imagine, I'm, we're waiting on God for 400 years to speak, and he hasn't. There's got to be some thoughts, of, that, like a fear that God is not there anymore, fear that God doesn't care, a fear that maybe God isn't who we thought he was. There's a, in those moments of fear and hopelessness that God stepped in and he meets his people. It was in the incarnation that God reminds us that he is close and he hasn't forgotten about us. Where he, we get to see that God isn't distant, but he's here to comfort our fears. It's this ushering in of hope for the world that led, that's led by love and a comforting do not be afraid. We see this in the setup to Jesus' coming where Zechariah is told, do not be afraid. Your, your, your wife is going to be pregnant. She's going to have a son who's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, and he's going to usher in a time where Jesus will meet you. John the Baptist came to point everyone to Jesus. It's this moment of setting in motion after 400 years of silence the moment where God meets humanity. It's in this moment where the, we see that the incarnation then brings the next phrase, good news and great joy for all people. The angels to the shepherd said, do not be afraid. Or the angel to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. It's an interesting phrase from an angel, I think, to shepherds in a field on the day of Jesus' birth. Like, can you imagine just tending to your sheep? Go ahead, imagine it. None of us have probably ever tended to sheep. Anybody in here tended to sheep? I don't even know what that means. 
Just hung out with them? I don't know. <laughs> Imagine you're working or just kind of resting in the outdoors, I guess. Experiencing the sounds of nature, maybe the silence of the night. And then boom, out of nowhere, an angel just appears and says, do not be afraid. Like, what do I do with that? You know, like, it's exactly like, I'm, ex I'm afraid. That's exactly what just happened. But then the message is, a baby is born that brings good news, great joy for all people, everyone, everywhere. And when I hear this, and we've talked about this a lot around here, but I, I, I think it's interesting in this whole moment of meeting the shepherds in the field. The angel says, don't, don't be afraid, for there's a baby who was born that brings good news and great joy for everyone, every, for all people. And it's in those moments in that phrase where I look at it and I think if the message we hear this Christmas about the coming of Jesus to humanity isn't good news and isn't bringing great joy for all people, then I think we've missed the message that God had for us after 400 years of silence. Don't be afraid today, he says. This is good news for you. And in believing that you should be able to experience great joy, you realize you are included in everyone, everywhere. All people receive good news, which brings great joy. Can you imagine if we walked around this Christmas time and said, hey, don't be afraid. Hey, don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. I, I think we could use that as a greeting from here on out. During the holiday season, um, people get real upset about happy holidays. Imagine if we just said, don't be afraid as our greeting. <laughs> Instead of Merry Christmas, from now on, we're just going to say, do not be afraid. But I think it could be a legitimate substitution for this idea of Merry Christmas. Don't be afraid. Because in the story of Jesus coming to this earth, we see this phrase over and over and over again. It's a phrase that leads up to the moment where God meets us. In the middle of confusion, I'm sure a whirlwind of emotions and thoughts, there are people met with do not be afraid. It's a lead phrase to the story of Jesus, to the shepherds, to the priest Zechariah, and then right before the time of Zechariah, or right, right after the time of Zechariah, and the time right in between there, where an angel came to Zechariah and an angel came to the shepherds, there's a moment in between there where we see another interaction with an angel and with people in Scripture. We see an angel appear to Mary, and he tells this young woman, that she will give birth to the Savior. And the angel says, do not be afraid. And then later, just past that in Scripture, we see Joseph 
the soon-to-be husband of Mary, very confused right now because Mary has come to him and said, hey, I'm pregnant with God's baby, not yours. And Joseph, in this moment, says, is contemplating quietly breaking it off with Mary, not, not to make her look bad, but he's, he's very confused. And it's in a moment of confusion and fear where Joseph, the soon-to-be husband of Mary, is greeted by an angel, and it starts with, do not be afraid. In the middle of confusion, in the middle of emotions and thoughts, they're both told separately by an angel with a message from God, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Merry Christmas. The incarnation, the coming of Jesus, I think we see in this, brings peace in the midst of the unknown. I think for those of us who have ever experienced moments in life of unknowing, maybe the idea that God is there, hasn't forgotten about you, is here to comfort you, it might begin, when you begin to maybe believe that, I think that's where we begin to experience peace even in our unknowing. In fact, we're, we're a church community here at the Arsenal that says that growth happens in the questions. We welcome questions and doubt. We think those are part of the faith journey. I think they're massive parts of our faith journey. And for a lot of us, I think we've had a lot of questions and a lot of unknowing and a lot of concerns. In fact, I think throughout Scripture, even the story of Jesus, we see a lot of doubts and questions and wonder. And those moments, it's where God meets us with the phrase, do not be afraid. Like in our, in our moments of wonder and question and doubts, it's a moment where God says, hey, don't be afraid. And in the don't be afraid, it's a reminder that God says, I'm actually here with you. Because before this time of the incarnation where Jesus stepped into the world, there was this idea and this thought we've talked about that God was far off. He was distant. He wasn't even close to us. He didn't know what we were going through. But the incarnation is a reminder that God says, do not be afraid because I'm here with you. I think in all the instances that we see in this lead up to the birth of Jesus, the statement isn't necessarily followed up with an easy answer for those people. Like, Mary, don't be afraid. It's God's baby. Right? Joseph, don't be afraid. It's God's baby. Or shepherds, don't be afraid. There's a baby. You'll find him in cloths in a manger. He brings good news and great joy to all people. Like, there's not a good, like, did that just take away my fear? <laughs> like, I'm still very confused here. Zechariah, a priest, him and his wife are outside of the birthing age, we'll say. And an angel comes to him and says, hey, your wife's going to be pregnant with a baby who's going to shake up everything in this world. And he's going to point to this Messiah. Zechariah, with his bells on his rope to be dragged out when he dies because he sees the glory of God. I don't think he got an answer in that moment that was like, 
Now you got it all figured out. Right? No, there's this unknowing, this, this moment of mystery where God says, don't be afraid. The shepherds still had to journey to go find this baby. And even when they did, it was just a baby. Not a baby that immediately changed their world. There had to be some form of unknowing and mystery. And we've been told this baby's going to do something. We'll have to wait and see. Zechariah, the same thing. His wife is pregnant. She's going to give birth to this child who, who he's told is going to change the hearts and the lives of all people. He's going to point them to Jesus. Zechariah passes before he ever sees John the Baptist become John the Baptist. There's a lifetime of John the Baptist ahead of, ahead of him, outside of the do not be afraid. They, they weren't around even long enough to see it. Mary and Joseph, I mean, don't be afraid. You're going to have a baby who's the Messiah, the Savior. And they have a baby, and Jesus cries, and he still needs diapers changed. And he's still like, all the things that babies need, and Mary and Joseph are like, this does not feel like the Savior. You imagine, like, middle of the night, like, all right, Savior Jesus. <laughs> like, but there's this lifetime of Mary and Joseph raising this child, Jesus, who later in Scripture we see at 12 years old, they lose. Like, he just disappears. They're like, oh, man, we lost him. It's okay. They found him. He's in the temple. He's schooling people on Scripture. But in those moments, separately, Mary and Joseph are told by an angel, do not be afraid. Again, Jesus' life from baby to a man is ahead of them. The promise is coming to life. There's still a mystery. There's still an unknown. They're all left with hope. And I believe what Scripture's telling us is they're experiencing peace even in their fear. And in the midst of the unknowing, we see this mystery in the story of Christmas. The story of Jesus entering into our world. The story of Christmas for you and I is Jesus meeting us in our unknowing. And not fixing it, maybe, but reassuring us with a statement of, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Do not be afraid. Could moments of fear and unknowing in our lives be the place that the divine is trying to meet us? And reassure us with a simple, do not be afraid. I think do not be afraid is just a statement of I'm here with you. I'm in it. We got this. What has this year or maybe the years past told you about your fears? Have you seen fears this year that you haven't seen before? I'm not saying fear is a bad thing. I'm saying God meets us in it. We all have them. Life's big. It's vast. There are crazy parts of this thing we call life. But it's in those moments that it says God meets us. If Scripture says that perfect love casts out fear, it's precisely our fear that love meets us in and moves closer to us. 
So what are you up against right now? What are you fearing? What has life got for you? I realize for some of us, there's like this propensity to be afraid and anxious about anything. And then for some of us, we don't like fear at all. We just like pretend like we don't have it. I don't know what that's like. For me, I think fear is more of a, an anxiousness than anything else. It's, it's this moment of like, how, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And I got this to do. I got this to do. I got how, how, how are we going to make it? And I don't know. And I think that's the part of the do not be afraid. So I want to invite us as a community and you individually into a space and a moment where you can view the coming of God to humanity in the form of this baby named Jesus as a meeting us in our fears, a meeting us in our worries, a meeting us in our hopelessness, a meeting us in our anxiousness, where God says, do not be afraid. I bring good news and great joy and peace and hope, a moment where God and all of his love is comforting us with the phrase, do not be afraid. Maybe the circumstances and the things in life that you have worried haven't changed. Or that moment in the unknowing where God says, I'm going to meet you there. And my hope is that in this time of Advent, the leading up of Jesus' birth, this time of remembering Christmas. My hope is that you would experience the peace of God and this moment of knowing that God is with you, even in the midst of the unknowing, the uncertainty, the, the mystery of this journey of life. We may not know the outcome of today. We may not know the outcome of tomorrow. We know that God is with us in the middle of it all. Hopefully that can bring a little bit of peace and comfort. Knowing that God is saying, do not be afraid. So today, I'm going to invite us to let our fears be the starting place of divine connection. Because as, if a messenger from heaven were to show up with an announcement from God, of good tidings and great joy, a message that will change everything in your life. Historically, that proclamation would begin with the phrase, do not be afraid. Or the way that we say it today. Merry Christmas. I love you, Arsenal. May you experience peace in the unknowing today. May you realize that God's with you. And he's uttering the phrase, do not be afraid. This is good news. I bring great joy for you this Christmas season. We love you, Arsenal. Until we see you next week, go love well. That's who you're meant to be. Thank you for listening. Our hope is that you feel loved and encouraged. If you have questions or need prayer, please email hello at thearsenal.church and don't forget to download the Arsenal Church app.